Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. You're muted, Shutter. Not good enough. They know it. We know it. You know it. So let's talk about it. Welcome to Got Your Back, folks. Post-game edition. Streaming live here on YouTube and on Twitter. Thank you so much for your patience waiting for us. Had a little extra work to do tonight after that game. So getting off to a bit of a late start here. Jason Strudwick standing by. Rob Brown also heading to his car. He's going to join us to break down this one from the Edmonton Oilers. As always, the podcast brought to you proudly by our title sponsors, Sherwood Buick GMC, the number one GMC dealership in all of Canada, six years running. And it's easy to see why. Got a great sales process, great sales staff. They streamline it for you. They respect your time. They've got stock on the lot. Mention Got Your Back sent you. You'll get specialized pricing as a bonus. You'll get three free ultimate detail packages as well. Who doesn't love having their cars detailed, especially the new ones? That's a new or a used vehicle. Visit Phil and the crew. Check them out online, www.gmcpod.com. We will be venting tonight from our long shot studio here in Sherwood Park, available for corporate events. How much fun is that? Take the work crew over to long shots, hit some balls, have some beers, talk some shop, have some fun. Think about that. If you run a business, head over to Long Shots with your crew. Available there. So much more than just great golf. Great uh, bar experience as well. As we say hello to Jason Strudwick, Rob Brown is uh, just on his way to his car. So he'll be joining us here shortly for our our breakdown segment. Struddy, boy, man, what a roller coaster for oil fan this year. Just a disaster at the start. And then riding high for like a month and a half. And now four wins in their last 10. It's just like this and like this and boom and boom. When is the steady as she goes going to come, bud? Yeah, it's pretty crazy, the change. And it's, you know, to, to I can always tell kind of how general other fans are feeling by how my phone is going during the game. <laughs> and it was blowing up. And, and people that have been praising the orders mere weeks ago were suddenly turning on. Everyone from uh, coach to players to Jeff Jackson. I, I think there is some mention of me still being a brutal oiler from mm-hmm. years ago. Like it was. It is partially it, your fault still. There's a ton of anger out there. And I, I'm surprised by it. Um, and, and I get the emotion of it. But I'm surprised by it when you consider the totality of the season. Steve, hop in here, buddy. While we're waiting for Brownie. If you can. Or are you on the phone with him? You're good. So I'm good. we'll use you as our voice of the fan because I know you love this team, right? You work for the organization. You're a fan. You live and die with them, right? Str- I mean, I don't really cheer. Struddy, eh, whatever. Steve, uh, describe it quickly. You 30 seconds. Just take us through your ride, bud. <laughs> it's funny because it's it's almost what I expect from this team at this point. Like there's always these <laughs> these highs and these lows and and uh, not 
sort of meeting their potential. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I'm on a lot of Euler chats and it's just, you know, things get negative. My family gets treated really poorly for about 24 <laughs> hours after a bad loss. <laughs> and conversely, they get treated really well after a win. So yeah, it's it's tough to watch. That's for sure. That, that first period was really hard. Oh, that was rough. That was rough. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to break it down and we're going to crap on them because that's just what the night calls for, right? It just has to happen. But big picture, big picture, they're still okay. When you rattle off 16 straight wins, you buy yourself a bit of goodwill, although the start of the year didn't help. So this is going to get pretty dark tonight about what happened. But with the underlying thought that it's, I don't believe it's time to panic. I don't believe it's time to change course. I don't believe it's time to, you know, drastic action. Let's break this game down and then we'll talk a little bit big picture later. But I still think calm is the right way to go about it. So let's get to the breakdown. Brought to you by Mr. Dirk, the iconic men's clothing store in Edmonton. Founded in 1939, just off White Ave and 102nd Street. They've got everything you need for every aspect of your wardrobe. Casual clothes, jeans, pants, shirts, sweaters, shoes. And on the formal side, I'm wearing some Mr. Dirk tonight. One of my favorite suits, Yope. It's a brand out of Europe. they got all kinds of great stuff for you. Go see Sterling and Dan, and they will take fantastic care of you. So, Struds, as we wait for Rob Brown to join us, uh, let's just start with the first period. Explain to me. Explain to me. They were focused on their first period because last game it was crap. And so they knew they wanted to get off to a better start. It's the Battle of Alberta. There's emotion. At least there should be. How do they come out and play one of their worst periods of the season in that first period tonight? You know, it's interesting. The post-game, uh, I thought Nalbach had a really interesting um, comment. He was asked about, you know, what, what do you, where do you go from here? What do you do? And he goes, you know, my job is to coach. We'll have individual meetings. We'll talk about what's going on. So in the first period, it was as clear as day, as clear as the zits on my face. What I saw was the Oilers having a tough time managing the blue line play at their blue line and at the far blue line. And I'm not just, obviously the first goal where Bouchard decides he's going to try to take on, um, you know, Hannafin. And Hannafin makes a pretty nice play, and it comes back. It's in their net uh, just moments later. But multiple times we saw the Oilers approaching their blue line or the opposition blue line without a lot of speed or, or trying to make an ill-advised play that had was a high-risk play with a low-reward outcome. Mm -hmm. And uh, it cost them. And, and that, those, that's an area that I saw. It was, it was, it was just like that. I was the only person watching the game and saw that. It was so clear. So I, I you know, we can get frustrated and you can, you get mad that teams losing, but you know, you're, you're not playing well, but I think the Oilers play well and they put in the offensive zone and attack. You can't play that way if you're not getting out of your blue line or into the offensive blue line. Uh, Brown, are you there, pal? I am here. Okay, uh, Strugs just sort of debriefed what he saw in the first period. Um, maybe just take us through, Brownie, how bad it was. Put it into perspective. I classified it as one of the worst periods the Oilers have had all season. Confused as how you spit that out in the Battle of Alberta. How bad was that first, Brownie? I agree. I thought that was that that was a period that you saw at the beginning of the season when they started two nine and one. They they were terrible. It's funny, they're coming into tonight's game, and I think you touched on it a bit just as I got online. Connor McDavid said that the game, the last yesterday's game was one of the worst first periods they've had all year long. Mm -hmm. And we talked about it where there was lack of, uh, lack of emotion, a lack of intensity. But we thought, okay, the playing Battle of Alberta, you don't have to manufacture intensity. You don't have to manufacture emotion. 
that just comes naturally. So we expected the first 20 minutes to be fun and exciting. And the Oilers were going to come out flying. And they were horrible. They really were. And they gave up the first three. And it could have been six. Uh, I mean, the first goal, Bouchard turns it over at the blue line. And then McDavid doesn't finish the back check. Uh, the, the Hannafin goal later, again, McDavid's watching the puck. It goes by him. Or Hannafin jumps in past him. Uh, Skinner has stopped three or four breakaways in in this game. Two on one, odd man breaks. The others just were derelict in defensive duty. But at the beginning of the season, the Oilers, uh, and some nights, played well enough offensively to win, but they were so bad defensively that they didn't give themselves a chance. They Bad coverage, bad reads, uh, poor decisions with the puck, poor decisions when they didn't have the puck. But they got that out of their game during the 16-game winning streak. It's back in their game right now. And the Oilers are not playing anywhere near where they have to be to be a good playoff hockey club. And to me, it all comes from defense. And they have been terrible defensively. And this first period tonight was probably their first worst first period since October when they started so poorly. So I know what you're saying about defense. And I agree. There's a lot going wrong in their own end. But I think a huge problem tonight was just they were derelict in the neutral zone. Their puck management was just atrocious. Uh, blue line to blue line. Uh, frankly, all you know, basically from the red line back, like they were just turning over pucks like crazy. Leon Dreisaitl must have had six turnovers in the first 15 minutes of that game. It was stunning how a guy that's that good with the puck could be that bad with the puck uh, as often as he was in that first period. I mean, for McDavid to get beat in a foot race back to the net by Nazem Kadri of all people. I mean, it was it was just red rotten. And so you're chasing the game at that point, Struds. Like, you know it's gone bad. You know, you probably slump a little bit. They got plucky and they got scrappy, but they were just chasing it from that point. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to continue to harp on this idea of playing at the blue lines. So, you know, if you want if you're having trouble through the neutral zone, you don't want to overcomplicate it. And we saw guys trying to make passes standing still, zipping it cross ice through the neutral zone, which – you know, it, it can work at times, but the north-south game, when you're not sure of your game and you're, and I think when they were playing well and they're winning, they were very much north-south. That means you're trying to get from your end to the other and it's in a straight line as fast as you can, moving the puck forward. I'm not talking about dumping in. I'm talking about chipping behind um, the D-man. You can go and support uh, the middle guy and come forward and grab it. Now you're in the offensive zone and you're playing in their end. And they're, they're right now, it's it's overcomplicating it. I believe it slows them down. I can tell you as a D-man, I actually enjoyed it when there was cross-ice passes because that meant that they weren't coming at me quite as fast because they were slowing it down. When you're attacking with speed, I feel like I'm just constantly under pressure. So those two things, you, you just, you know, you change those two things in the neutral zone at the blue lines uh, that I've spoken about. And I think that the, the team has looks a lot faster. You're pushing Calgary back because guess who did that? the Calgary Flames, and they looked very organized tonight, especially in the first, and they were skating well and attacking and counterattacking the orders when they made these types of mistakes, Brownie. Well, to me, the three best players for the Oilers tonight were Holloway, Yanmark, and Hyman. And all three of those players, Struts, play north-south games. They don't go cross-ice. They don't 
They don't come circle back into their own zone. They don't try to force a play. They're simple. They put the puck off the board and they chase. And they were the only three effective players for me in this game, especially five on five. If you're playing against the Oilers and you want to beat the Oilers, you beat them by counterattacking. When they create, when you create turnovers in the neutral and you try to stand up on the blue line, force the mistakes, and then it's a short ice going back the other way. And that's what the Calgary Flames did. Almost every one of their scoring chances they got was off an Oiler mistake where they tried to force something that wasn't there. And you talked about risk-reward. Some of the, the risks the Oilers made, if if it was to come true, every, if everything would have went right for them, they were still 80 feet away from the net. Yeah. <laughs> That's not where you make the risk. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, so the, there was no reward for what they were doing, and they just did it over and over and over again, and the Calgary Flames just picked them apart. So uh, this was a game, and Shoggy, you said it, it was one of their worst first periods. It didn't get any better. Like, it mm-hmm. did not. They were, they, they were beat soundly from start to finish in this hockey game. So let's talk about the gamesmanship that was required tonight, Struds. We saw it from Matthias Janmark, right? Holy snap. Good for him. He went right at Coleman, challenged him, took the coincidentals. They were yapping in the box, steps out there. Just a wicked scrap. And that is not in Matthias Janmark's comfort zone. That's his second. Good for him. There was a certain amount of gamesmanship required to function in this game tonight. It got chippy. It got ugly. And I thought it was revealing. I think I thought there were some guys that were in it and there were some guys that weren't in it. I think about Ryan McLeod up against his own bench with Connor Zary staring at him, shoving him, pushing him, his team down a couple of goals. He can't get out of there fast enough. A game like this is where it's going to get ugly and it's going to get uncomfortable. And there were some Oilers that got uncomfortable tonight, Struddy, and there were some that didn't. And it was revealing. And in a lot of ways, some of what we already know. Uh, full marks for the guys that did get involved. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about, I think Connor was the first guy. He goes in there against Rasmus Anderson, and it was definitely, he was looking for something, and, and that was great. The problem, or the reality was, that didn't happen until about 17 minutes into the game yeah. when they were already behind the eight ball. That type of, so they're <laughs> reacting. So now you're reacting to everything that's happening. That hit Blake Coleman put on Connor McDavid was a thing of beauty. I, I thought it was fantastic hit. I don't, you know, I'm not advocating running the world's best player, but if you're going to do it, that's the guy. And you made it, you put him right on his ass. So you started late and now you're chasing. You're the one chasing the, um, the guys that are hitting your team or you're trying to get something going. And yeah, you know, they, they hit spear. They got away with a spear here. Or they got away with a spear or something, or they got a good hit on someone, but they were reacting. And when you're reacting, I always found you're not in charge of the game. You have to be the person that's coming out and setting the tone uh, with your physicality or calling someone out right away or whatever. So, yeah, what Yanmark did takes a lot of guts. I thought it was an unreal fight. We saw two great fights, another one in New York today. But I, I, I got to say that overall, as a reaction, you're really not driving the bus. So I, I, I'm not going to get too excited about something that if you start the game that way, maybe it's a different outcome. No, it's funny when after after the Yanmark fight, I got a text from my brother, and he says I didn't expect that out of Yanmark, and I send back neither did neither did Coleman. So that was, <laughs> I mean, seriously, that was an unbelievable fight. And I give I give Yanmark credit because Yanmark did it when the game was still in the balance. When guys do it when the game's out of reach, 
I mean, the team that's winning is laughing at you. When you when you do something at the end of the game or when the game's out of reach, it, the same line goes back. You said, well, why not do that when the game matters something? Yanmark did it when it mattered. Connor McDavid, he did it. It was in the first stretch. I mean, the stuff that you do at the end, I mean, that doesn't affect the Calgary Flames. Bring that physicality in the first 20 minutes. Run someone in the first 20. Get into a fight then. Doing it at the end of the game, well, that's just, it, it means nothing in, in the way the thing went. So, uh, to me, uh, what we saw with Yanmark and what we've seen now with Corey Perry a few times, that's gamemanship played at the proper times. Yeah. So, that I, that I respect. The, the rest of the stuff, I mean, don't show up when the game's all over because it's too late for that kind of play. Uh, I'll make a comment about that. So, towards the end of the game... Um... Uh, at home cross checks Huberto really hard, and probably should, I believe should have been a penalty. Anyways, he 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 does he doesn't get a penalty, and then he you know now yeah or uh, at home's battling and Huberto hits him once and hits him twice, and they get up and they talk about it. Yeah, and then Standing there's someone there, else fights. I just <laughs> I, I I don't get you know it. I I probably sound like a dinosaur, but you know if if someone cross checked like me, I can promise you I wasn't gonna have to con- yeah. have a conversation. I I don't under I don't I can't understand from either player and i know that they're they're skilled players and they don't maybe want to get the a second five but you know if you're it, it, don't cross check the guy back like huberdo if you're if you don't just don't hit him back or echo him don't get up and talk i, I don't understand that the, the mentality behind that let's just talk about it as well, gentlemen that yeah. makes no sense to me having said that strides having said that i give credit to huberdo I mean, he's the one that said, you just cross-checked me. I'm, gonna, I'm not yeah. going to take that. I'm going I'm to do that back to you. And he, and he got him good. You could see the win. To me, that's on the referee. He should have called the Ekholm one. That calls yeah. that, and then none of that happens afterwards. And the thing that I understand there's a scrum afterwards, and it, it looks fun and exciting, and it's fun to watch. But that, in those kind of things, that's where a player can get hurt. You don't want all of a sudden uh, an echo in that where everyone's jumping on top of each other. He blows out a knee or an ankle because the referee let it go. I think the referees let some things go tonight that created more problems as it went on. But it was funny. I, and I watched it too, Stretch, from up top. I'm like, they just crossed each other really hard. And now they're discussing why each other cross-checked each other. Yeah, I weird. thought that was quite funny. Yeah. Well, one guy weird. had his hand on his hip like he was trying to make a deal on another guy's car. You know, what, what, what will you take for this? I, yeah. I, I don't uh, understand it. M. Materi says, Jason Strudwick, you were grown up on a Don Hay team, though. So keep that in mind. Uh, and you, listen, I agree with you. It's an old school mentality, but I agree. How do you stand there? That reminded me of that night where Hyman was standing next to Jamie Ben, and they were just sitting there chit-chatting, and then all of a sudden Ben smashed his stick out of his hand and looked at him like, you know, like, let's not be too friendly out here. You know, and I, I, I agree. That it shouldn't, didn't need to be a friendly moment there. Um, listen, while we're piling on Ryan McLeod for not finishing checks and not engaging in the proper gamesmanship required tonight, Connor Brown needs to wake up. Like, Connor Brown needs to skate fast and hit hard. If he's not going to score, if he's not going to contribute, if he's not going to do anything else, he needs to start making an impact physically. He needs to take it upon himself to realize, I'm not doing my job. It's not nearly good enough. Killing the odd penalty isn't going to be good enough. He needs to start throwing checks. He swings on checks far too much for a player that generates absolutely nothing. Him, 71, same thing, but Brown's probably been given too much of a free pass this year. Zero production and zero momentum-shifting moments. I can't even think of one from Connor Brown Struds. 
No, you're right. And the PK, he, he is good, very good PK. Uh, I do really appreciate when he steps out there. Um, you know, today, you know, Brownie talked about Yanmark stepping out of his comfort zone. And for Brown, tonight would have been a good opportunity to do the same and to kind of push push your own narrative a little bit. Yeah, they don't think like that. The they don't think it's their job. Doesn't have. It's yeah. not going to be me. I don't do that. That's not my right. job. Right. The, 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 the problem with that is that, you know, on, on championship teams, that's how people think. How can I help? You know, how can I help the group? How can I contribute to the to the overall, you know, victory that we're going to get or, 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 or success we're going to have? So, you know, McLeod, I, I, I do agree. And I think Connor Brown, it's 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 I don't understand how, you know, you, you can you, you want more opportunity, you want to play more. So I think you have to get the attention of the coach. And one way the PK, there's no doubt. Now he's not scoring. So what's the next easiest way? It's being physical, right? Getting your nose in there, being a bit of a, a pest. And that's how you get it. You look at Corey Perry, is, is he any faster than than Brown? Is he any bigger? Maybe he's a little bit bigger. But I just don't understand the mentality. You don't try to, you know, establish yourself to get more ice time by what you're doing. So I, it, it is a bit shocking. Uh, it, tonight was a perfect opportunity for a guy in that middle class or bottom third to go and really – Make a name for yourself and try to get more ice time next game. Ronnie? I, I agree. And it's funny. I, I go back to Sam Gagne. When his last time that he was here, when things weren't going right for him offensively, he actually went out and would fight someone. Or he'd go out and run someone. Because he understand as being a professional, <laughs> you have to do something in a positive way for your team. And I 100% agree. This would have been a great night for Connor Brown, who... The, the, there's, I mean, there's grade one kids at my, my academy school that know that Connor Brown hasn't scored yet this year. That's all anyone's talking about. This poor guy that's come in here hasn't got a goal. But what a way to endear yourself to the fan base here. I haven't scored, but look at me. I'm going to drop my gloves with Kadri. Kadri's not going to fight Nurse or someone. He might fight Connor Brown or go after someone else. Drop your gloves. Ask someone to fight. And again, they might not take do it, but at least you're making a show of, okay, I'm trying to contribute in another way. Or throw a big check. I mean, Dylan Holloway only played seven minutes tonight, but he had two shifts in the third period where he ran over everybody. And like, he, tried he just to play literally. Yeah, so, I mean, I, there's a kid that the, Brown is a veteran of a number of games in the NHL. He should realize that's what you need to do. Holloway understood it. And again, Coleman wouldn't fight him, but you made the effort to show that you're willing to do whatever it took for the team. When you're on the third or fourth line, offense isn't usually coming to you guys. But there's other ways that you can contribute, and I do believe some players have to get outside their comfort zone. I mean, all anyone tomorrow is going to be talking about is Matthias Janmark. This was a horrible loss for the Oilers, but everyone's going to remember what Janmark did. He made himself known to the fan base in an ugly game. On that note, let's get to our You Can Youth Services Relentless Player of the Night. They're a local charity that helps vulnerable youth find employment. Their 14th annual Comedy Nights fundraiser is coming up in March. Got Your Back will be there. I believe we're going on the 20th. We've been there the last couple of years, and it's just a great event. Great comedy, great stories. Get to meet lots of great people. And there's still tickets available. Go to youcancomedy.ca. That's youcancomedy.ca. Buy some tickets. It supports a fantastic cause. Hopefully we see you there. Mention Got Your Back sent you, and you'll get 20% off. Struddy, who gets the nod tonight, my man? 
Well, there's not a long list of candidates. I think it's pretty clear who's getting it. And uh, I think it is Yanmark. You know, and I, it's pretty rare today in today's game where you see two guys get uh, coincidentals that they come out of the box and fight. And I've done that. And I know that that clock's ticking down. It's a scary feeling because you know what's coming, right? This is premeditated uh, fighting. This isn't just a, a spur of the thing over a shift. So that feeling, you're really excited, but you're nervous. And you're a little bit scared. And for a guy that never does it, like Yanmark, I give him full credit. That is full relentless mode for old MJ. 100%. I think the whole podcast would concur with awarding Matthias Yanmark the relentless player of the night. Honorable mention to uh, to Dylan Holloway. Reminder, Rob Brown's appearances on the podcast brought to you by KinPrint. If you're a new company, see how KinPrint can help you with logo design and branding. Visit KinPrint.ca. Okay, guys, two topics to dig into when we come back. Stuart Skinner, how we felt about his night. We're going to hear from some of the players. And, fellas, we're going to revisit our previous discussions on Leon Dreisaitl. I think he's been getting a bit of a pass from some people on the podcast here in recent days, and I think it bit him in the ass tonight. Brownie, you know it. I'm coming at you in the next segment. Takeaways is next. Say goodbye to unruly hair and hello to a smooth and silky back in minutes with Backscape. Shave your back solo with no mess with Backscape's water-resistant long handle and patented six-blade design, leaving you with a no-mess shaving experience all in less than five minutes. Shop now for 40% off select kits just for you, our Got Your Back listeners. Use promo code GYBPOD on checkouts and make 2024 your year to elevate your grooming routine. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z.ca. <laughs> Now now for takeaways brought to you by Redefined Health. Check out their 90-day wellness lifestyle program, including daily meal plan, exercise regimen, video instruction and support, pre and post assessment to help you monitor your progress, all for 150 bucks. That's a hell of a program. To help change the way you're functioning and feeling day-to-day, visit redefinedhealth.com. Okay, guys, Leon Dreisaitl. Knew the penalty was terrible, admitted it. He completely owned it. We'll hear from him in just a minute, but let's get into this discussion first. Brownie, my submission to you is this. Leon Dreisaitl has let his personal standard dip too far recently. The way he's been willing to express his frustration at moments in games where it wasn't the right being on the right side of it. His team fighting its way back in. He's on the wrong side of it. Bad body language, hollering, showing frustration. He's been on the wrong side of it. His standard has slipped. Even for his standards, a guy that's often frustrated. It bit him in the ass tonight. He's been running around out there fast and loose with his emotions and his frustration, and it bit him in the ass tonight. Is is tonight connected to what we've been seeing the last couple of nights, Brownie, or am I full of hot air and it's all separate? I think it's separate, and I'll tell you why. I 
I have no problem with them on the bench. And I, they showed a close-up tonight of Austin Matthews losing it on the bench tonight. Yeah. Play, star players do that. I got no problem with that at all. What he did tonight, the penalty, now that was stupid. Now that affected your team. And this is something that has been in Leon's game for years. I called him out last year in the playoffs against the LA Kings. He took a number of dumb penalties. And I called him out after each game. That is, He does not need that in his game. It is not good for him. It's not good for the team. So tonight, that was a dumb penalty. 100% dumb. And it cost his team. And actually, I don't know if the Oilers would have won this hockey game, but it certainly put the game out of reach. So yeah, 100%, that was on him. But I, have, I still, star players get into it. I mean, Knobloch talked about it before the game, in, in the pregame. I have no problem with that. But what he did tonight was wrong, and he did it in the playoffs, a few times in the playoffs, taking silly penalties that cost the Oilers. That's got to get out of his game because it, it is not, if, if you want to be a leader on your team and expect everyone to follow what you do on the ice, has to be the proper way. And that was not proper. That was that was 100% dumb. I tweeted out that that's a long, lonely skate after taking a bad <laughs> penalty like that from the penalty box to your – because everyone's looking at you. And your teammates know. And it's a sick feeling. Because he didn't get full value for that. It was – what did he get? A hooking in the end? If you plow over someone and you get a roughing or a boarding, like, okay, at least I got – I got something out. He hooked the guy with his, with his stick on the jersey, and that is not worth anything. That is that is a a useless a useless penalty to take, and that's a sick feeling. And I've been there. And I wasn't a star player, and I felt sick. You know, you can imagine that in a big game like this, where you you shot or uh, Brownie just said it, the game was that put the game out of reach. You feel sick about it. So this is the reckoning for for now. Like I think I think this is something that's in him. I think this is the rock bottom that you hear people talk about when they're doing something wrong because that is every teammate there, you know, you, you let your teammates down and he gets away with it sometimes. But Shogger, that is the ultimate and selfish. It's only for you because it does not benefit the team at all. So, Struds, I believe this is cumulative. I believe he's gotten on the wrong side of it here recently. We're seeing it consistently. And I believe that what happened tonight is connected to the attitude that he's been bringing out there consistently. And I believe this needs to be a corrective moment where it's like, you called it rock bottom. Leon Dreisaitl needs to get back over onto the right side of this and start pulling the rope in the same direction. And attitude matters. I know he's playing hard most nights and contributing. He's still a hell of a good player, but he's been on the wrong side of this. I think this was cumulative. Brownie doesn't. Struds, I'm going to put you on the spot, buddy. Weigh in on that. Did it have anything to do with what we've seen from him the last few games? I think there is a connection. Um, I, I think that it is time for one of the other leaders to just pull him aside and say, bud, like, uh, you know, we know you're emotional, but if if tonight was the the high or the low of what you're doing, it's, it's, it's not acceptable because you hurt the team. You know, when he slams a water bottle, he yells at a coach or whatever like that, Sure. It, it, Brownie's right. It does happen. It does happen. It, but it doesn't, you know, we can't, it, it, the fingerprints of his choice today are in the details of the score sheet. You can see it. And he hurt, he hurt the team today with that. So, you know, I, I think someone's, you know, it's Connor Leon or Nuge or Hyman, I guess, just say, but you don't have to yell at him. You don't have to scream at him in the dress room. You walk over and say, that's it. Like we've had, we've, that's enough. I think we all know that's enough. 
Brownie, last word on this. Well, it, it, well I, I, I still disagree. I think this is part of his game. He did it in the mm-hmm. playoffs last year. He wasn't screaming on the bench. He took a bunch of dumb penalties. But on this one tonight, he, he was getting a penalty on that shift no matter what. Because he, first he stuck the kid between the legs. Yeah. Then he took a healthy run at him. And then he hooked him. All three things were in front of the referee. So if, if, that kid, if he didn't get a penalty for hook, he was about to cross-check the guy while he was on the ground. He was going to the penalty box. And it was dumb and it was selfish. And he knows it. And I, and Strudge, you were right. That is the longest, loneliest skate you will ever have when you do something stupid and the team pays for your stupidity. Let's get to the Weiss Johnson soundbox here and hear what they're actually saying about it. The cold is coming again this week, so be proactive rather than reactive and get your furnace or heating system serviced and tuned up. Weiss Johnson are the experts at that. Check them out online. Weiss-Johnson.com. Jingle. Okay, Steve, I'm going to give you three clips to play in a row. I want you to play Leon Dreisaitl talking about his penalty. Then I want you to play Leon Dreisaitl talking about his temper lately. And then Chris Knobloch on the frustration of the team. So three clips coming because it's all relevant to what we were just talking about. Uh, undisciplined. Um, you know, stupid stupid penalty on, on my behalf. Um, you know, certainly didn't didn't help our team tonight in, in that way. So, um, yeah, take full, full ownership uh, with that. It's been a couple of games here, Leon, and I don't know if it's just, you know, cameras noticing or whatever but the frustration level obviously is creeping up a little bit how would you say you're kind of managing that and and have you been feeling that a little bit more lately yeah of course i mean you know things aren't going your way and and um you know you lose a couple in a row it's um you know easy to to get down on yourself so um you know something that obviously we you know led led by me um can do a much better job with and um going forward we'll we'll continue to to chip away at that there is a little bit of negativity there's there is frustration right now but nothing like there had been before and um he commented about Leon. Leon is a leader on our team and a lot of guys look up to him and he has been um yeah, showing his frustration, but his work ethic has been there, and he's been doing things well. Is he playing at his top of his game? No, but it's still pretty good. And, um, you know, just like him, just like a lot of guys, or almost everyone, we can all be a little bit better. Uh, Steve, can, can I get one more? Do you have Knobloch reacting to Dreisaitl's penalty? I do, yep. Here we go. Um, yeah, there was not one we want to see it was unacceptable and i know uh, leon has taken ownership of that and um you know moving forward we we can't have those penalties you did not play him in his usual spot right after that penalty and then you had to throw him out when he had a power play were you going to play him the rest of that period i hadn't decided i hadn't decided he said so speck asked basically were you ready to bench him i thought he was going to do it I honestly thought he was going to do it, and it might have been the right thing to do. Brownie, had they not gotten a power play there, should he have benched him? Yeah, well, actually, I would have benched him on the power play. He would have. I mean, if you're going to send a message, yeah, if you're going to send, if you're going to send a message, send a message. Again, that was dumb and uh, selfish, and it was at a horrible time in the game. 
Uh, yeah, 100% I would have sent a message there because you didn't send any message at all. He missed a, I don't know, 30-second shift uh, with his line mates. That was all he had to pay. I'm, I'm all for holding players accountable, and I think we've seen in the past in Edmonton where coaches haven't held players accountable. And I don't think every time someone makes a mistake, you get benched. But when things are habits, poor habits that happen over and over, and you talked about the frustration, you think it's connected. Well, there is a perfect example of when you can hold a guy accountable. Keep him off the power play. Trust me, if you do that, every single player on your bench would have taken notice. Struds, I can't wait till the next time it happens. Because now it's it's on his radar, him being Chris Knobloch. Um The problem is that you're trying to win this game, and you still have a chance at that point. Um, you know, it's yeah. not like the game was completely out of hand, and he, he did it, yeah. where it's easier to do it. And and you know that there's a better chance when he's on there. But Brownie's right; like the message it sends is very very strong. But I believe that like I I it'll ha- like Leon is gonna ha- it's gonna happen again, right? He gets worked up, and I, I get it; he's very passionate. And, that's part of what makes him such a special player. But when it happens again, everyone's going to be watching. And we go back to this one because this one was, this is, a, it was a horrendous penalty to take in a game mm-hmm. your team had battled back into. It is, I, I, I would be so sick. I'd feel sick to myself if I, or if I let my teammates down. And that's the worst part. It's one thing to piss off your coach, another to piss off the fans. And although you want the fans on your side. But the guys you battle with and train with every day and you screw them over like that, that's a really hard pill to swallow. It really, it's a sick feeling. And I'm going to say that I think he should have. But I, again, think not just because of tonight. I think that what we've seen from Drysaddle here in recent games that it was time to send a message. That was like the cumulative effect of it. And it was that moment happens and it's like enough is enough. Tough to bench the guy. You know, there's lots of mistakes made and lots of bad penalties taken. But to me, corrective measure is required with dry sidle. And I think this will happen now. I think, you know, he'll he'll probably get back on the right side of it and maybe uh back off some of what we've seen here a little bit in game. And Knobloch also made the point, there's going to be one-on-one meetings. That's a one-on-one meeting. Oh, yeah. I guarantee that those two are talking, to, yeah. oh, well, the other day off tomorrow, but whatever day, Monday now. Evander Kane was grumpy out there tonight, too. He barked at Knobloch when he got pulled off the ice at least once. And <laughs> yeah. Knobloch sort of was like, sort of raised his arms. I, I had the binoculars going quite a bit tonight, and Kane... Yeah. Kane was ready to fight Anderson. He was pissed at Anderson, and they were jawing. So he lined up next to him and looked up and realized he was getting pulled off the ice. So I followed him, and when he got back to the bench, he was barking at his coach. He was mad. I don't know if he thought that that Anderson was going to fight him or what was going on there, but it's why I asked Knobloch just about kind of the collective frustration happening with his group right now. It's definitely there. It's something that I think is worth watching and something that they got a nip in the bud. Brownie, what did you think of Skinner? Well, um, <laughs> it's never a, a great night when you let in five. Um I don't think he's played as well as of late as he did in the past, but I don't know if this is all on the goal. I just think the Oilers were horrible defensively. I mean, he, he had, I think he saved three breakaways, had a couple five alarm ones that he came across and stole goals on. They, they, to me, this goes back. They're playing exactly like the first month of the season 
where at the end of the night, the goalie let in five, but he can still remember five other ones that could have gone in. Mm-hmm. Calgary could have scored six tonight. That's how bad they were defensively. Uh, Skinner has not been as good since the All-Star break. 100% not as good as he was. And I, as far, I, I got asked this on our show with Reed tonight. I, I'm not a goalie guy. You've got to talk to a Kelly Rudy or, or get a goalie guy to talk about it. But I do know the puck seems to be finding ways to get past him. When the Oilers were winning, the puck was finding ways to hit him. So it's a combination of poor defensive play and a goaltender not being on top of his game. Back to uh, Strud, do you want a quick comment on Skinner? What do you think? It's the same. I, that's the same message for you. I'm not going to change. Uh, he's playing too much. Um, you know, and it, we, we've seen this. Show. We just, we just uh, lose his mic. Yeah, Steve? we lost your mic, Strud. Lost Strud's mic. Okay, no problem. No, uh, I got Steve. it. Sorry, I got it. So okay, I think yeah, go ahead. What, uh, just quickly, um, we've seen this show before. Uh, I think that it's yeah. it's he's being overplayed. He's got 40 appearances in games. There's 27 games left. He's, he's, he's trending to well over the number he should be at. Um, and, you, you know, sometimes you got to learn these lessons the hard way as a, as a group. Yeah, for sure. One last time to the Weiss Johnson soundbox. Here's Stu Skinner on his night. It was not a spot you guys enjoyed being in. You fought your way out of it. Does the stress of, well, you know, pause, worrying about Pause, Steve, one back. sec. So this isn't about his night. I asked him about uh, just the idea that it's heading back in the wrong direction and kind of the stress of not wanting it to go back in that direction. Sorry, go ahead, Steve. Okay, here it comes. You fought your way out of it. Does the stress of you know worrying about heading back in that direction maybe get to the group a bit? How are you managing sort of the, the frustration and the, the not wanting that to go that way again? Yeah. Um, I can only really speak for myself personally. Uh, I know that the team, we, we got a lot of resiliency. Um, and you even saw that tonight. Like, sure, it wasn't going well, but, man, were we fighting out there, you know, um, literally and figuratively. Um, you know, we were grinding and we were uh, – we never gave up, which is, you know, really important for this group. No matter if it's 10 nothing, the other team, we, uh, the guys in here, we don't give up. But um, for myself personally, I think it's just managing kind of the emotions of it. You, you know, you, you do feel frustrated, obviously, with the results. But um, ultimately, um, I can't do anything about it now. So, uh, but what I can do is, you know, look back on what I can do to improve to help this team to win. Pickard versus the Kings, Brownie? Um, I mean, it was never, I honestly, I don't know. It's a coin flip now. <laughs> really, it is. I mean, Skinner's struggle now is last number of starts. So, if it, to me, if, if Pickard started on Monday, I would say, eh, makes sense. I think they'll go with Skinner, but it, I think there can be a conversation now when there wasn't, wouldn't have been a conversation three weeks ago. Struds, goalie guru that you are. Yeah, no, I've got the feel. Uh, it's going to be uh, Skinner on Monday night. Uh, is he'll be in the pipes? Yeah, give him a chance I, to bounce back. Uh, yeah, and just you know, he's the Kings. You got to get the win. He he is your number one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's not the start you want to give him, uh, mm-hmm. Pickard. You know, I, I've already documented the starts he should have had, and there's three of them. But um, here we are. You know, and and we're trending in a dangerous spot where the the, the minutes played are getting high. All right, that was Takeaways brought to you by Redefined Health. Great stuff tonight as always, Brownie. Much appreciated the late shift here, pal. Sounds good, guys. Take care. All right, that is Rob Brown. When we come back, we've got Ask Us Anything. Lots of great action coming in on the 
YouTube stream here as well. A few calls for the like button to be hit a little bit more. I noticed that. I guess that helps us. If you like what you're hearing, hit the like button. If you don't, hit the like button and then rip us in the comments if you want. Just hit the like button either way. When we come back, Struds and I are going to take a lap. Struddy's world and ask us anything. Lots of our show left. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Just ask Shogger. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. Pathfind can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Building you a championship caliber roster, find your team's path forward at pathfind.ca. Time for Struddy and I to take a lap. Courtesy our friends at Backscape. Bid farewell to unwanted back hair solo in just five minutes with the fastest growing male grooming tool on the planet. With Backscape's water resistant and rechargeable long handle, you can shave independently in any direction with no cuts, scrapes, bumps, or mess. Visit Backscape.com. That's B-A-K-Scape.com. Backscape. Stay smooth, gentlemen. Uh, Struts, where are we going, pal? Yeah, well, you know, it's a couple big games tonight, obviously, with the yeah. Leafs and Colorado playing. Colorado gets up to a 2 nothing start uh, or, us, you know, uh, up on, on the Leafs. And the Leafs come back and led by a guy who's been under a ton of pressure uh, in Toronto, and that's uh, Bertuzzi. Mm-hmm. He gets the hat trick tonight and uh, caps off the game winner. So 4-3, uh, the Leafs beat it. And the, I believe it was his birthday as well. So the birthday boy gets the hat trick. And I can imagine the relief he must be feeling um, because he's definitely been underperforming and Brad Tree Living must be having a little bit less scotch tonight as he uh, reviews the game tape. Bertuzzi's an interesting one, right? You know, this guy has scored 30 goals in the league. You know, back in 21-22 with Detroit, 62 points, 30 goals. And he's just been a shadow of that goal scoring wise ever since. Um, just you know, before, hasn't hasn't gotten there. Yep. Well, he's at seven before tonight, right? Yeah. Through 50, 55, whatever, fifty-five games. Let's call it that. So you got less than thirty games left. So now he's up to ten after this big night. So can he get to twenty? That's you know, it's that's quite a bit of scoring in the last twenty, whatever, twenty-five, twenty-eight games, whatever they got left. Uh, it'll be interesting. But I, it, you know, it's pressure, man. That's a lot of pressure in that market to. to Did to I hear play. tonight that it's the first seven-game heater the Leafs have been on in like? 50 years or something. Like it's that. 20. I think it was 20 years. They haven't won seven games. Is it in 20 a row. years or so, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, man. They're That's going. They're, they're getting it sorted, right? Matthews is rocking and rolling. They're getting themselves sorted out. I still, you know, clearly they still have issues on the defensive side of the puck that need to get rectified before it's playoff time. But uh, clutch for them to be putting together a winning streak like that right now. And they're important. I think it's fun to watch. Like I do enjoy watching the Leafs. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. That Colorado Leafs game, the parts I watched, it was pretty good. Some yeah. good, good play. I know. Um, I hate saying that. 
I do, but I, I have to admit they are fun. Like they're they're because if they win, it's like oh man, they played well. If they lose, you're like oh that was a train wreck, and you love yeah. it. So, uh, but they do need some defensemen. That's for sure. Um, talking uh, Kings, the Oilers got the Kings coming up here right away. And Victor Arvidsson, I always feel bad. The guy battles back. Fifty games he missed. Comes back, plays four games. Boom! Now he's back on LTIR with uh, another injury. Yeah, it's never good to get an LTIR. So. Victor's played a hard brand at hockey for all, you know, quite a number of years. And uh, I, I'm not saying he's done, but, you know, this is now, you know, two separate injuries. They say they're not the same. So it, it's, it's, I feel bad for him. And again, for the Kings, I think he makes a difference in that lineup. I think he helps that lineup. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what, how long he's out for and what happens. But I think this is more like I, I feel bad kind of take a lap number yeah for sure you feel for guys been an honest player for a long time right he's one of those guys that i mean i think his teammates appreciate the way he goes about his business battled through injury and such how old is he he's only 30 years old man like he's not doesn't have a tonnage for 532 nhl games you know in that time uh managed to get in 77 games last season but uh, a good player and an important piece. And, and, you know, he's been good for them. Like he was going to get seven points in the playoffs uh, in 22-23. Like he's a gamer. But so follow my line of reasoning here. A smallish player who plays a hard brand of hockey. Yeah. You know, and and, yeah. and it's, 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 and I'm not, like, I, I, I'm not saying he's done. I don't want to say, but I, I wonder, like it is. That's now whole year he's missed basically, and and he may come back. He may come back. I, I'm not sure, but that's that's. It, there's nothing more frustrating than being injured, coming back, and getting injured again. Yeah, and it feels like this year is derailed. Yeah, for sure. All right, L.A. Kings in town uh, to take on the Oilers on Monday night. Seven thirty is the game time. That was taken a lap. Brought to you by our friends at Backscape. When we come back, Struds, we can talk some scraps. A little scrappy scrap oh, yeah. in Struddy's world. Oh, I, I has it's the first time we'll be talking fights in Strutty's world. She was a Donnie Brook tonight. Oh. Wow, what an unbelievable! If you didn't see it, holy snap! Strutty will tell you all about it. So uh, we got Strutty's world and ask us anything coming up. Time to talk about your mortgage. It doesn't have to be a daunting conversation. With over 16 years in the industry, Maria Gallus with Maximum Mortgages knows how to make it easy. With access to dozens of different lenders, let Maria customize the perfect solution for you. Whether you're purchasing, refinancing, or renewing, or a first-time buyer, Maria's simplistic approach and expert advice will have you feeling confident you're in great hands making informed decisions. Take the stress out of your mortgage journey. Contact Maria Gallus at mortgagesbymaria.ca. That's mortgagesbymaria.ca. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club spring season is set to go in May, and registration is just around the corner. Team up with your pals to play in slow pitch, beach volleyball, outdoor soccer, ultimate frisbee, and even cornhole leagues to keep the spring months full of excitement. Spring leagues begin in May. Registration opens on February 8th. Visit edmontonsportsclub.com for more details. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy look good. <laughs> Time for Strutty's World. 
Brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. They've got locations in Calgary and in Edmonton. If you're a contracting business or a contractor, let DLR Vinyl help you add vinyl fence to your product line. High quality, maintenance free, right? No sanding, staining, painting. Goes in once, looks spectacular. Your customers will love it. You'll love it if you put it in your yard. They've been going strong since 2005. Reliable, unmatched service. High quality, North American made products. Website where you can see what they have to offer is dlrvinylproducts.ca. Strutty, let's talk some fisty cuffs. A guy that's been making headlines early in his NHL career. Yeah, Matt Rempe. I believe he's played four games. This guy has 27 penalty minutes, a goal now, and plus one. And he's got some amazing fights. His first game was the outdoor stadium series. And it was it was an okay fight. Today he fought uh, the Rangers are playing Philadelphia. And Nick Delore is on Philadelphia. Tough guy. Not huge, but a tough guy. Uh, Matt Rempe and he fought their first shift. And this fight, if you haven't seen it, this is a fight you'd go back 20, 25, 30 years. It's toe-to-toe. No one's playing defense. Um, they're just absolutely going at it. It was unbelievable. It is the fight of the year. I it, That could have been game one of the year. I would have said that's the fight of the year. You do not see fights like that anymore. Then to top it off, the big man who comes at 6'8", He's standing in front of the net, and the puck is shot off from the point, off his body, of his leg, and trickles through, and he scores his first goal. So I actually watched his interview after, and he said, you know, it's pretty, it's not the most memorable goal, but it's my first goal. And I thought that was a great way of saying it. Um, he's very likable. He's from Calgary, played in Spruce Grove in Seattle, so there's some Western connections. But I, I think quickly Matt Rempe is developing a reputation around the league but Rangers fans, I know them, and they will love this guy. So incredible fight. If you haven't seen it, go check out the fight. And the goal, not quite as incredible, but who cares? You got your first NHL goal, Matt. Six foot eight, 240 pounds from Alberta. He's an Alberta boy. Sixth round pick. Boy. You know, you take a flyer on a guy a little bit just because he's got that size and some you know decent ability to move. And when it pays, when you hit on a big guy like this, and we'll see where his career goes, but boy, you have a chance to have something unique and different and special. And this guy's one inch shorter than Zdeno Chara. He's a big man, and he, he, he you know, he talked post game about how he likes getting on the forecheck and he hits and he takes up a lot of space, and he's a presence. You know, he's skating around on the ice. He's a presence. So I, I you know, you're right. His 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 career path what does it look like i'm guessing that he's going to spend a lot of time with the skills coaches and skating coaches of of the rangers both in the off season and and in season because he's not going to be playing 20 minutes at night this guy is you know his minutes are going to be limited so he can put that extra work in um but he seems like a very likable and hardworking guy so i i'm cheering for him you know i love these like you said a guy who's kind of yeah. out there a little bit not your prototypical nhl player um, I'm rooting for him, and he's he's definitely doing what he can to stay in the league. Probably got to give a stip, stick tap here to Delorier too. I mean, I know this guy's only oh, yeah. 21 years old, but this guy's a monster. And delorier has been doing this for a long time. They were, did you see them chatting in warm up? Yeah, they yeah. were actually chatting, and they looked like they were laughing, like having a little chit chat. The two of them probably decided they were going to have a go at it. But for Delorier, and I know he's tough, and he's a savvy fighter. There was not a lot of defense in that fight, and it's got to just kind of get old taking on all these newcomers, these giants. Well, it's interesting. You know, I was thinking about this as I was watching the other game after seeing their fight. 
you know, will this alter some plans by teams? You know, like do New Jersey go out and get a, a find a big guy that can fight and maybe skate and play? Mm-hmm. Like, does it does it bring back some of that? You know, enforcer might be a bit much, but find guys that are big and they can play and they can fight. Because it, it, let's assume that let's assume Rempy plays for the Rangers for the next five years. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, that's that's quite a body to have there. Now you could choose to not have anyone, and then no one fights him, and he just runs around, and hits a few guys in his eight to ten minutes, or you say, we're going to find our Matt Rempe and put him on. So I, it'll just be, you know, just to see the New York teams because there's a bit of a, well, not a bit, there's a rivalry there for sure. All right. That was Strutty's World brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. Uh, going to get to break here. And then when we come back, we're going to give away a hat and we'll do a bit of an extended Ask Us Anything because lots of great questions coming in on the stream. So we'll take a a good solid 10, 15 minutes or so and just blast through a bunch of your questions. So quick break and then study or ask us anything coming up. For over 60 years, Belvedere Golf and Country Club has been delivering a high-quality golf experience to Edmonton and area. This beautiful private club located on Highway 21 just south of Sherwood Park occupies 160 acres and presents a challenging yet adventurous 18-hole design. A beautiful clubhouse, fully stocked pro shop, and warm, friendly staff truly make it feel like you belong to something unique and special. Visit www.belvederegcc.com. All right, time for us to give away a little hat action brought to you by Kinprint and, of course, our good friends over at DeBoer's. Can ask you a trivia question? Go to our website, gybpod.com. And up uh, along the top bar there, you'll see GYB swag. And you can give us your trivia answer there. And you pick up the hat at DeBoer's. You'll also get a $25 store credit from our good buddies over at DeBoer's. Golf shop, fitting center, everything you need to get yourself squared away for the upcoming golf season. It's a fantastic golf shop. They got great service there. I'm a regular customer. Go see Scotty and the amazing crew at DeBoer's. Just talked about Matt Rempe, sixth round pick back in 2020. My question for you who did the Edmonton Oilers draft in the sixth round that year? It was after Rempe was already gone by the time they had a chance. Uh, at 169, but who was the Oilers pick in the sixth round of that same draft that Rempe went in? I'm just making sure they didn't have more than one pick here. Ba-ba-ba. No, they didn't. So send your answer to us on the website, gybpod.com, and you can win one of our Got Your Back hats, courtesy Kin Print. All right, let's get to Ask Us Anything, brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House, your destination for all the sports action, big screens, ice cold beer. All your pub favorites perfected. Match Eatery and Public House located adjacent to Rogers Place in the Grand Villa Casino. Go to matchpub.com. Lots of action coming in on the stream here tonight, Steve. So up to you to sort of pick your way through it. One of the questions I did see, so I'll get a head start for you and you can pick off some other stuff. Struds, people are wanting to know, what did you think of the decision to pull the tendy? I I think it's fine. I... I, I you're down by what were they down by three at that point? Yes, Two, three, three. They're down yeah, by three because yeah, I'm right. So you're down by three with seven minutes left, six minutes left. You got to get within striking distance to make it happen. 
And I, so I, I have absolutely no problem with it. Um, you know, 25 years ago, my hair piece would have spun on its axis seeing that, but more and more people are doing it now. So I do think that it's, I get it. You're trying to be aggressive, you're trying to be proactive and try to get a goal. So no, no issue at all. All right, Steve, take us through it, buddy. Alrighty. Uh, so yeah, first off, just uh, one that made me laugh a little bit. Neil Garrity said, this game was the Flames Stanley Cup. Let's let them have it. I want the real one. <laughs> okay. Perspective. Fans. Perspective okay. from fan sure. to fan. Sure. Don't worry yes. about it. That's not for you That's to comment it. on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Super fan to super fan. There you go. Uh, M. Terry said, uh, it looks like we're sick as a team. I know Nuge missed a game, but it looks like the team is sick. Do you guys uh, have any uh, inklings or anything like that? Yeah, they were, word is they were not super healthy coming back from that road trip. It had hit a few guys. We know it has ripped its way through. So, yes, we'll keep that in mind. But haven't seen a lot of guys missing practice. And you would normally do that if you were even remotely. There was a chance during a flu season that you were going to give it to everybody else. So, I don't know, Strud's where it is. That is on the excuse uh, factor. I, I don't necessarily see it as a big one. Yeah, so let, let's say they are. Let's say they're, Let's say half the team is sick. Your puck management has to be even more um, strict. On point. Yeah, yeah, more strict, and that's that's the lesson learned. So I, I, you know, other teams go through sickness, and I'm not saying they 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 aren't really sick, but you just you, there's no excuse for and and not to pick on Bouchard, but the first goal, attacking the line there, middle, you, you, it's it's a, that's a really low, low chance of that succeeding. Right, so it kick it outside or put it down deep and play down deep in their end. So again, I, I I I'll go back. I think their blue line play was well below the standard that was required to mm -hmm. push the Flames tonight. Yep. Um. So yeah, it's funny. Uh, I'll tell a real quick story and then it'll, it'll lead into the next question. But I remember when I was working for the team, we were in Calgary once, and I remember it was kind of a lackluster game. And I went into the room after and went to interview. Uh, Ethan Morrow, who's the captain, and I went right up to him and he was like, dude, I, I can't do it tonight. I, I have such a bad flu. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went over to like Steve Steos and he was like, yeah, me too. And I was shocked at like, he, I mean, you couldn't really tell it in their play, obviously, but I, I didn't know that guys played that sick. And when I looked at them, they were just green, mm -hmm. you know, it was bad. But uh, so Mike Smith asks, hey guys, um, tell me who is the current version of Ethan Morrow or Mike Greer or Kelly Buckberger on this Oilers team? Are they missing? Do we need one? Is there one there already? Hmm. I mean, I think it's gonna be modern Holloway. day, right? Like, who would it be? I think Holloway. Is like the what, Morrow? I think with, with, well, you hope a little bit higher end. And I mean, he was a good, really good third line player, Ethan. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, that sounds disrespectful, but I think that. You know, I hope that because Ethan could skate, he could shoot. Mm -hmm. He's a pretty smart player. He's physical. Um, you know, I, I you know can can Holloway bump up a bit from that, but I, I think that would be a pretty, you know, pretty similar. Yeah, Dif bit of a different era. Like, I mean, yeah, no. Bottom line, the owners don't. You're talking about for the most part bottom six players who have jam, um, defined roles. Um, gamesmanship, all of those things. And I think we all agree that the owners are lacking a good chunk of that uh, in their bottom six. And we'll see if they're able to address that moving forward, Steve. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of Holloway, Nate Hay says Holloway needs to make more appearances like he did tonight. Thoughts on Holloway's game? Yeah, he was noticeable. And I, I think for him, he's got to, I, you know, I talked earlier about Connor Brown. You have to make the coach want to play you more. 
And I know there's a lot of people that say he should be playing more and playing more. And I get it, but force him, force him to play more by the way you play and show up in hard games and tight games. And um, so I, I, I hope that, you know, this pushes them up the lineup a little bit and gets them some more ice time. Bitumen asks, guys, what is the relationship between the center ice breakouts favored by Knobloch and the high rate of turnovers that we're seeing? Is there a relationship there? I don't think they've been using the center release as much as they did when he first got here. They're not using that little tap play to the middle of the ice to break out in front of their net as much, Struds, or is it just me? Uh, yeah, and maybe teams know it's coming. You know, I... I I guess you could turn it on and off. It's it's a great the, – the reason people use it or you do it is because that's the open ice, right? Most teams, what they do is they try to put pressure on you. The, the F1's on you. It's a D. And then they'll put someone down the wall, and some guys will even squeeze another guy down the other side so you can't go D to D. So they're trying to take away your options. So the middle is open. So it's a good play. Um, it takes a lot of courage to make it happen, but it's a really good play. So I don't know if – I don't know if they're doing it less. Um you know, maybe I, I think they're a little bit disjointed at times. It feels like the demon are getting back when they're ready to pass it. There's no one there to pass to, mm-hmm. or you know, maybe the forwards have already kind of left or stretched. It feels like they're stretching more. Uh, you know, you think of the was it the second goal where Ekholm just threw it way out of the zone and to really nobody. And um, and I get you're trying to move move the, the coverage down, but I it just feels like they're not quite as connected in their in in that that transitional play. By the way, it feels weird that we went a whole show here without mentioning it's nine games with McDavid, you know, not scoring a goal. And and I think, you know, the, the production's been there, the assists have been there. Um, but just notable, I asked Knobloch about it tonight. He kind of said, I don't see him passing up a ton of opportunity. But um, Connor McDavid, I think, in some ways, Strud says, I, I'm not going to use the word predictable because he's anything but predictable. But you can see guys know that in tight those passes cross are coming and they're ready for it. Guys are ready for him to dish cross ice anything in the slot. Yeah, they are. I mean, he's they're working though. He's gonna get close to 100 assists. Like that's pretty yep. incredible. Um, nine games without anything though. That's I mean, it is. It is, and I know the team has struggled in those nine games. So mm-hmm. I think that you know to pile more on him, I think it does make a difference that he's not scoring. Uh, you know, I think, I think he's got a, when you have a chance in the slot, I, I just hate giving that shot up. You know, I want you to shoot that puck because I, I if, when you pass it, there's no guarantee that that is going to be, you know, a directed towards the net. So I'd like to see him, I would like to see him choose to shoot more often because I think it just puts pressure and then it makes that Z-man wonder, are you passing or shoot up? Yeah. Steve, couple more, bud. Okay. So, um, uh, where is he here? Sorry. Uh, Chris R says, is Dreidel still within the top 10 players in the league? And uh, also asks, how much of this season does uh, uh, does it affect Dreisaitl's upcoming contract negotiations? Uh, so it depends what you're talking about. Like, is if you're asking me, is Leon Dreisaitl still a top 10 player in the world? Yeah, of course he is. No question, right? The body of work cumulatively has has been fantastic i mean is he a top 10 player this year he's 12th in scoring right now on a team that is middling so has he been one of the 10 best players in the league this season no we all know that he hasn't kind of two different questions struts yeah i think that that's really fair so I'll, I'll take the contract one on um you know i think that people are 
if if he was a free agent this summer, there'd be a lineup. Like he he's he's the number one center. There, you know, how many number one centers are there truly out there that have accomplished what he's accomplished at his age and his size? There's not that many. So I think there's a lineup for him if he's a free agent. Yeah. Okay. Um Wayne Phil Pinko says, uh, bring back Hamblin and Ernie. They played hungry. We need more hunger on the team. Thoughts on bringing anyone up just to shake the lineup up? Yeah, I, the, the, yeah, it's trying to shake the top of the lineup up by bringing up guys at the bottom of the lineup. I never really understood that. I guess some of your friends go out the door. Um, but what, Hamlin plays hard and, and Ernie played hard as well. So maybe maybe that's what you're looking for in a, in a lineup uh, shift. But I think the solutions have to be kind of either here or through trade. I'm going to be interested to see what he does with his lines because he had some good performances tonight from guys, and the instinct might be like, Dylan Holloway, you're now on McDavid's left wing, right? Because Fogel, you know, it's been you know a couple games. Like, I'm going to be interested to see if he just tries to reshuffle the cards, like move the deck chairs around a little bit, or if at some point you got to give a certain formula a few games, don't you? Um, you it'll do. be interesting to see what he does. Like if Andrew Kane had himself on the third line uh, tonight, uh, will he come back with that again next game? Where will Holloway be? He's got some decisions to make here. Okay, Shane Matheson says, McLeod's jam only comes in a jar. And so there's some chatter on the stream, people wanting to hear uh, you, Ryan, harping more on uh, McLeod's <laughs> performance tonight. Where, where more was on McLeod's performance? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I did enough of that earlier on in the year, and then he had a nice little stretch and sort of shut me up for a little while, and good for him. But yeah, look, they needed they needed all hands on deck tonight. He was not one of the hands that was on deck tonight. Swinging on checks, not standing in for some of the tough stuff. Ryan McLeod needs to show more gamesmanship more often, and that will really help them in the playoffs. So not a good night for him. But he wasn't the only one, right? I'll throw Connor Brown right in there with him, a few other players too. So, yeah, I've spent enough time on the pod uh, talking about McLeod. Tonight was definitely not a great night for him. Quickly about scrums. I, I, I would explain this to young guys when I was playing. When there is a scrum, look around and find someone who's similar to you and look somewhat menacing, like you want to be there. The, 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 the adult in the room will take care of the other adult in the room on the other side. Like, you know, we'll always find each other, but you just have to find someone that looks like similar to you and just hang on or just, you know, just take them out of the equation. Uh, and if you try, if you get trapped with the other room, your guy will come and find that guy. Like, don't worry about it. They, 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 we're not going to let that happen. And I, I just want to see that. It just look like you mean business in that. And, and guy, like I used to talk about with Mark Stone, Mark Stone did a really good job of it. And it doesn't mean you have to fight, but just look like you mean business. So it kind of helps out everybody else on the ice. Hmm. Okay. So uh, hey, last, last one, buddy. Last one uh, comes from Materi and uh, was asked uh, during Strutty's World. He asks, Strutty, how many young kids uh, are coming up to fight now? Are we seeing less young players in that role? Growing up, I idolized Wendell Clark and Bob Probert. I wanted to be like them. I wanted to be intimidating. Who are those guys in the NHL now? Maybe Evander Kane. Mm -hmm. That's it. So you 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 want to become what you see, and people see uh, Matthews, uh, McDavid, Leon Drysdale, Kale McCart. That's who they want to become. They don't want to become guys like I mentioned. So yes, there are way less fighters. The thought of even fighting, I think, is going to be 
just, just going to eventually leave the game because guys won't, they won't even think of it. Right on, right on. That was Ask Us Anything brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. The one last comment I'll get to uh, there, Steve, was Growler Media Group, who, of course, is Zuby. By the way, Zuby, go to bed. You take the night off tonight so that you don't constantly have the flu, and then you stay up on the stream chirping at us. No, So first of all, go to bed. No, it's different when you can have a couple drinks and you can just hang out on the on the stream and he's not up for two hours after this putting the putting the show yeah, together no, no not if he's not on this pod i want him in bed by 9 30 but he says steve <laughs> take one of those guitars off the wall and play wonderwall buddy yeah i gotta Did be honest i don't even know i don't even know if they work <laughs> little wonderwall can you play us play us out with some wonderwall steve not right now maybe in a future show i'll show you i'll we'll show you something from my wall how about this right right beside me and i've never brought this up before look at that who is that who is that that's, that's uh Number 43. Oh, look at him flying. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You Just have those... a signed picture of Jason Strudwick on your wall? Of course I do. I have a lot of red... I have a lot of signed pictures on my wall, but yeah. is that Federoff chasing me down? Yeah. Not Federoff. I think it's Lidstrom trying to get a hold it's of Lidstrom, me. Lidstrom, Lidstrom and Holmstrom. <laughs> Too slow. Too oh, slow, boys. That's See fantastic. you at the goal. That's <laughs> awesome. Wonder what that thing would be worth on eBay. Oh, oh, Could you it's... imagine? Priceless. Yeah. Priceless. <laughs> gem of the day. I'm taking this one, Struds. Uh, and I'm actually, this was Brownie's choice. Our gem of the night goes to you, Jason Strudwick, for trying to take us through what it must have been like for Matthias Janmark sitting in the penalty box, <laughs> knowing when he hopped out, he was going to have to fight. Not something he's done often. That takes courage. That takes guts. That takes metal. That takes gamesmanship. Good for him. And a few teammates, take note, Struddy. It's a scary thing. And I, I did it my first NHL game. Maybe tomorrow that'll be Strutty's world. Because it is, it's like a bomb ticking down. And you know, you don't know what's going to be on the other end, but you know that you're going to be fighting somebody. Crazy feeling. All right. That'll wrap up the show tonight. Good job tonight, Struts. Thanks, pal. Likewise. Good job. Yeah, Steve, thank you, my friend. We'll chat with you again real soon. We are going to drop a Sunday night podcast as well. And then a Monday night podcast. So that means we will have done... Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday pods for you. So we're working hard, but we're having a ton of fun. And as long as you keep joining us, we're going to keep pounding these things out. Thanks to everybody that stayed up late on the live stream. Appreciate all the comments. Thanks for all your downloads and your subscriptions. And once again, a huge thanks to our amazing title sponsor. This has got your back, and it's been presented by Sherwood Buick GMC. Have a good night, everyone.